you know you don't really see a lot of stuff of like what it's like being a bar- a single barrack soldier no not at and all not just, at all I remember the day that uh, we got back and uh, you know we're getting that welcome party off of the in Fort Bragg landed getting that little welcome party there's a couple vets saluting us people clapping and then we go to our family and you know everybody's got a family they get out go hug their family and you know all of us barrack guys were just on the bus just looking at them like and it was just I don't know I, I remember it, it really I was very happy to be home I, I really was but you know it's just it just really hit hard realizing like you know your family's not here waiting for you you know it's just it's just a different feeling I guess Welcome to Each One Teach One, where wisdom takes the lead. I'm Ricky Monty, your guide on this journey of shared knowledge and wisdom. Let's dive in. Definitely want to say um, you're an amazing person. And, and I always, will always forever be in your corner. Anything you need, you know my number. You know how to get in touch with me. Oh, yeah, man. Same to you. You know that. Absolutely. So, McGee. You know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, I'm a good old Cali boy. Always have been. Probably always will be. Uh, born and raised Southern California. Come from Fontana. Um, I grew up, I guess it was like lower middle class, you know. I've seen a lot of my life and I guess I've done a lot. A little bit of everything. Been through a lot of shit. And, uh, you know, I just... I've had a lot of experiences growing up and I feel like a lot of those experiences kind of led me to join the army. Um, just as not even like, I feel like I joined not, not out of patriotism, but I feel like I joined the army more out of, um, a direction, you know, a purpose. Um, yeah, I feel like that's what really, that's that's where joining came from was kind of just to help obviously like you know point myself in a direction wherever I want to take my life to and on top of that uh, reap the reap the benefits of joining and and help provide for the house absolutely so you had the you know at the early age you decided that you know I'm gonna go ahead and do whatever I have to do to provide for my family. And like, how what really was like? Take us into like what the thought process was when you decide like the tipping point to like you know what? Because even though you're saying your patriotism wasn't the main focal point, but yeah, you understand raising your right hand. There, there's certain implications. Oh to yeah, that, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. There was definitely like I'm not patriotism was definitely there. I mean. You know, I'm, I was a soldier for a reason. Absolutely. But, uh, <clears throat> but I think it more came from, like, you know, even when I was little, I, I have a drawing from, like, second grade saying uh, I wanted to grow up and be some soldier, some Navy SEAL, some, you know, one of the badasses. Nice. And uh, I think, you know, 18, going through high school and we're starting to graduate, people are starting to oh, I'm going to college, I'm going here. And I, I never really thought, like, I never really felt like the college route was for me. Mm. And I've always felt like I was, I don't know, I'm really good at think, thinking on my feet. 
or, or well, I know. Off, the, off the dome. Uh, so I felt like the military, that, that wouldn't be a bad idea. And I'd be the first in my immediate family to go. So I'm like, you know what? Why not? We'll, we'll, we'll look it out. We're, we'll explore that idea. So um, I remember I first talked to the Marines because in California, that's all there really is. is isn't really that many Army guys in California, or at least not in, uh, not in my area. So uh, I remember I talked to the Marines, and I was getting pretty like close with them. And then I'm like, you know what? Y'all are starting to sound all kind of lying to me about some stuff. Let me go talk to them. <laughs> Let me go talk to the Army. Let's see what they're all about. And then uh, talk to a guy and for a, I talked to him for a, like the recruiter for a long time, like up until after I graduated high school. And yeah, and I was I was just really like hesitant about it because. Like, you know, I was very, very close to my grandfather. And I was like, man, I don't know if I could leave this guy here by himself. Yeah. And I remember uh, he would always take me to the recruiter appointments and everything. And he'd always, I'd always pick his brains and see how he felt about it. And I remember one day, uh, I'm not ever going to forget, he told me, he said, I, I don't care what you do as long as you're happy. And if you do, you better be damn good at it. And, uh, and that, that that like really like I was like you know what he's 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 right like I'm not gonna if I do this I'm not gonna I'm not gonna half ass it I'm gonna do whatever I can go all in and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna put all, my all into it absolutely and the the day I went to tell the recruiter like yeah, all right let's give me the papers let's sign them Rams he went up <laughs> he's old school he he went up and he told me he said hey my my son's not gonna be in the the front line, or my grandson's not going to be in the front line disease. And it's like, yeah, I, depending on what job, and but it's not really a thing anymore. But right. So yeah, I, uh, from there I signed the papers, and that was it. it was from there, they locked you in. Locked so, me in. What job did you get locked in at? I got. I always forget the exact title name, but it's fire directions specialist. Okay. Fire control specialist. Fire okay. direction, fire control, what one of those two. <laughs> Absolutely. Thirteen Juliet. Juliet. Yeah, okay. Yes, sir. Shouts out to all the Juliets out there listening. Shout out to all the Juliets. Yeah, yeah. And, and and they know and it's a small community, correct? It is. It is a very small community. Whenever I joined, um they had just recently so it used to be, I believe it was a thirteen Papa and a 13 Alpha, if I yeah. remember right. Mm-hmm. And then they combined it into a Juliet, which uh, 13 Papa and a 13 Alpha, they're just they're, those two different jobs work on two different uh, types of artillery systems. Also, oh, uh, I think it's I think it's uh, Delta 13. You're right. So, you're yeah. correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was two the different. Officer. There you go. There you go. But the uh, it was two. It, they do the same job, but just it would just be for different different types of artillery systems whether it be rockets or cannons or something like that and then they combined it into the Juliet and right around then is when I joined so uh there wasn't really that many but as the years went on I've noticed there was a lot more and like as I was getting out there was way more than wherever I joined oh yeah so uh what was your first duty station again it was Fort Bragg North Carolina Fort Bragg. Oh, yeah. Fort Bragg. 
take us through that brag process because I mean everybody knows that or they think that it's the center of the universe right so oh yeah man I remember whenever I got there too (laughs) (laughs) you can't fly by brag (laughs) oh my gosh I remember man I remember whenever I got like uh, in AI too whenever they sit there and they tell everybody their duty stations and I'm not, a, like I said, I'm not an army brat. I didn't know nothing about no duty station, no nothing. All I knew was Fort uh, Knox. <laughs> that was it, but it's only Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg? What the hell is that place? <laughs> oh, it's in it's in uh, North Carolina. And, uh, okay, this is going to be interesting. There ain't nothing. I, I don't even know what's in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I remember we got there and man i just remember driving up i think we drove up all american through the main gates and it was like 3 a.m and there's just all these maroon berets and uh oh my god what is this you know you you first get in you start seeing different colored berets that aren't yours and you're like oh man i'm in i'm in the stuff Uh (laughs) and uh i remember we got there we got to the uh um what is it called the uh those, those barracks where they they process you in Fort Bragg Reception Company. Thank you. Yeah, I was the first I sergeant. The <laughs> okay, yeah, I remember you telling me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got there and uh, you know we got the stuff and when we finally got to the unit, uh, it was just I, I was super high speed. I'm like, you know, there's all these airborne guys out here. They got a they got a SF compound on here. They expect me to be the best I can be. As right. corny as it sounds, <laughs> but you know, I was I was really high motivated. Let's get this done. Let's let's do this. What else do you need done? I did this already. Just super high speed of drag. And yeah, that's really uh, my experience with when I first got to Fort Bragg. It just, I guess, like any other private, you know, I feel like there's a couple. There's like a couple private stereotypes. There's either like the lazy one, and I was definitely the high speed, high speed uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> so you did what you had to do to make uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. No for an answer. You was like, exactly. Get it. <laughs> and we yeah. said, like, you, you left, you said you got the footbread, you're overwhelmed, you're looking at all these different rage you're seeing all the different oh my god this guy's airborne i see these tabs just like this oh yeah and it's the tower of power and got the chest candy and you know the different stripes and everything it's, it's a lot so, yeah it is so you in process you get from fort bragg reception company where do you go then is it like is that like a long period of time or is it like how long is that until you know i think i got uh from the reception company i think i was there for I don't remember how many days I, I believe it's like a week or something and like each day you do like a different uh you have to get like this signed you have to go get this paper done so on and so forth and you can only complete a certain amount in the day because they closed but I believe it was about a week I was there and then the day I was finished they took me straight to the unit got to the unit and I happened to get there on a Friday and I believe it was a three-day like the Friday they had off and so uh, my future platoon sergeant he's the one that picked me up from the company 
or yeah, from the reception company and uh, took me to the to my new battery and okay, brought me all my stuff and he took me to my room and I'm already you know I'm I'm seeing a sergeant first class and I'm in my barracks room I'm locked up I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm parade rest when he's talking to me everything I'm just like, yes sergeant he's like relax man welcome <laughs> to the unit <laughs> uh gave me the rundown he's like you know what just stay he's like from my experience. Uh, stay close to these people. These people are going to really help you in your career. And stay away from these kind of people. They're good people, but they just make dumb choices. And obviously, there's a couple people that just completely avoid. Don't even do nothing with them. Mm. So I really, like... I'm glad I really heard that, because he was, he was not wrong about any of them. So you had someone kind of pointing you in the right direction. Yes. You know, making sure that you had a clean slate. Going into it. Okay. Uh, what year was this you uh, got to? You, you said it was 2017. 2017? No, no, no. 18. 18. 18? Beginning of 18. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's because yeah, I I was just about coming over there when, like, right after that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. So we got to that's uh, 327. Yeah, good old Serb Italian 27th FA. Absolutely, part of 18 Fire Brigade. Mm. Yeah, so so you're now in 18 Fire Brigade. You're down at the battalion level. Three two seven takes you in, and then you go from there to your actual battery. You got the units yeah. on leave, or they're on three day pass. They're chilling, mm-hmm. so it's kind of relaxed. You know, you got your first and okay, hey, first like son first class chill. He ain't even tripping about my room. He's letting me yeah unpack. <laughs> So all this whole thing about the the berets, I mean, so that was just a facade or what? Oh yeah, it was just uh, yeah, it was just you know that little just that interaction with with uh, my platoon sergeant. So thank God, it's a little bit. I could I could breathe a little bit. Okay. All right. So what's like an average day? Like you think you once you got your pace, you know you're already acclimated into the unit. So what's what's going in? What's kind of going on there during that time period? Uh, I feel like in the from when I joined uh, versus later in this because I was in the same unit for all four years. Okay. But uh, I feel like earlier when I joined, it was a different pace as to uh, when I was getting like towards getting out, just because just different leadership, you know, different leadership, different styles of doing things. What do you mean? Um, so, like for example. Whenever I got, I, I'm like, I, I feel blessed that whenever I first got there, we had excellent, like, over the top leadership. Mm-hmm. And I just, it was just, I just hit the lottery with that one. Uh, our first sergeant and our captain, they were, they would talk, they would communicate with each other all the time. And they made sure that uh, everybody felt like they were actually a team. And outside of like army stuff, everyone always says that in the military, like, oh, we're a team, but. Right. They actually, you know, they actually like were willing to help you outside of work or mm-hmm. if something was going on, they were always there. They were always a phone call away or they would always make sure everyone was having fun, actually having fun, not not mandatory fun. <laughs> mandatory fun? What's mandatory fun? Oh, man. Mandatory <laughs> or days. That's when, <laughs> that's when they tell you, hey, be here at this time, at this place, wear this. <laughs> And you're gonna have fun. You better. Be you're gonna have fun. <laughs> it's gonna be a blast. We're gonna be in the heat, 
and we're going to be watching old men play football. Flag football. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shout out, a hey, like if y'all can relate, if that's ever been a unit you've been. And, and the worst part, you have fun. Oh, yeah. The worst part is if you don't want to go, guess what you got to do? You're part of some detail about it, man. Wait, what? So, so if I don't want to play, you're yeah. going to put me on the detail? Yeah. You, if, let's say, you don't want to play flag football? Okay. You're going to be the chain game for the flag football. <laughs> oh, you don't want to do that? All right. You're in charge of traffic. <laughs> you're in charge of conducting traffic. Listen. So it would behoove you to have fun. <laughs> you better have a blast. You better better smile. Better smile and wave. Smile and wave. Nah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So, <laughs> but but from what you're telling me is like this is finally like you know what? They're actually we're actually having fun. Yeah, yeah, so whenever what, I got there. Yeah. What's an event like that you can like I know it sounds like y'all had a lot of fun. So like what is like one of the best events that you've had with this chain of command? Oh, Maybe to uh, help another chain of command out there that's trying to like grab ideas to be genius. If another chain of commands, okay, I got the perfect one for you. Okay. So <laughs> sit up for this one. <laughs> I think it was more. It, it wasn't even the event. It was more so the attitude to promote the event. Okay. It wasn't really. It wasn't like hey. It wasn't. It wasn't mandatory. Like you know, if you guys want to come out and we're gonna have a softball game, they were really big in the softball. Yeah. And everybody would play, and whenever we'd play, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't like first sergeant playing. It's, it's, I forget what his name was now, but they just, you know, we're outside of work, talking like we're outside of work. Right. You know, we can still respect each other uh, with the appropriate rank. I mean, don't go out there disrespecting each other, obviously, but, you know, let's just relax, have fun, take our boots off, and play. Learn, learn, learn to learn to be with your unit, mm-hmm. and I felt that was really cool. Like, I mean, at first, you know, then again, I'm still, I'm still a brand new fuzzy private, so I'm, I'm too shy about this. I'm like a first sergeant, this is a trap of some kind. <laughs> but, but, Basic training's got them shocked. Yeah, exactly. You know, but like, as the time went on, you know, you get more and more comfortable because they, they'd make sure, like, hey, um, I know you're, you're branded to the unit but you know this is your unit you're gonna be with us for a while might as well might as well like enjoy it Mm -hmm. and i felt like that was really cool of them to do and we would always have like um first sergeant would always first sergeant and the captain would always plan like just like spontaneous days like i remember we had a day where we come in casual wear uh just just I don't even remember what the purpose was, but it, it like little stuff like that just felt really cool because you know like it was it was a nice little switch up from the everyday routine because after a while the everyday routine it just it just burns you out. Right, and and I just want to interject and say this is like what he's saying is not that we were that the unit he was in was kind of candy and they allow him to eat lollipops no. and yeah. wear Crocs every day at work. He's saying out of the three hundred and sixty five. <laughs> Mm-hmm. two or three days out of which you know allow you to put something on other than that exactly five days out of that week yeah you know? and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be for it, there was a reason behind it i just can't remember exactly what the reason was like a org day or a unit or day, uh, you yeah, know stuff or, like that 
Yeah, something something that was already pre-planned and approved. And Wearing blue jeans because you know raising awareness. And, exactly. You know, women who've gotten raped and stuff. Obviously, yeah. I, yeah. I, stuff I, like I def- that. So having a unit, being a part of unit, you know, actually honors Big Army's um, calendar. It's kind exactly. of what's important, you know. And yeah. I want to kind of tie it in from a non-commissioned officer's perspective and a soldier's perspective you know we have calendars that come out you know we get yeah. these emails hello check your emails log in properly and look at the big army's calendar and your brigade's glide path and your brigade's you know commander's intent versus your commander's intent and we look at those things and say hey we have white space hmm, maybe we can allow soldiers to get off at 12 or 1300 exactly. if they knock out xyz in civilian attire because now you're more prone to want to work and do it the right the first time instead of exactly. saying, you know what, I'm already hot, I'm in this fatigue, I'm gonna be here all day anyway, we can just mess it up, break the lawnmower, run all the gas out of it, put uh, you know, more gas in it, whatever. Exactly. You know, you get absolutely. a new, whole new incentive if you, you know, you get, you know, you get a little treat, you're gonna get a whole new incentive. Like, it, like you said, it just wearing the same thing every day, doing the same thing every day, knowing that it's gonna be the same thing tomorrow. What incentive do you have? Kind of reminds you that you're still a person. That um, exactly. That you're still more yeah. than a DoD ID number, but that yeah. you actually have a, a purpose and you have goals and stuff that you want to align yourself with. And uh, like you first stated, your main goal was something totally opposite from someone else's goal. Yeah. So the more that senior leaders or even key leaders at the you know unit, uh, he said that battered level you still need to be engaging and figuring out some fun ways in which you can incorporate that with your normal day-to-day tasks and he was at a high pace base there's only like two other bases that's got as high pace as brag and that's fort campbell and like i don't know fort drum you know what i mean so like let's let's talk about that if you were at you know force commas right there there's the center you know Mm -hmm. but um I digress. I'll let you continue on this. You know, you. Know, I, I just had to highlight that because it sounds like you were part of something that not a lot of us soldiers had the privilege to be a part of or are oh, yeah. presently. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like I said, going back to as the, uh, the unit being really like, um, just being an overall like good unit. Like, it, uh, like they would give people opportunities to do stuff that uh, the same leadership or the same unit different leadership later down the line would never do Mm. and i felt like that just that alone um really affected the morale and maybe like the the uh, productivity of the unit like um whenever i got in like i said i was i was super high speed low drag was always just get stuff done try to get everything done you need more stuff done and I feel like a lot of that was because of how the unit would treat the, the soldiers and stuff. Because uh, I felt like if, you know, if you go above and beyond, you're not expecting a reward, but at the same time, you know, you, you kind of want it, you want your flowers. Ah. Um, but I remember uh, I find, got in the unit, seeing how, it's, how it is, and I finally got to my crew and uh, just instantly all of us clicked and we just started getting stuff done and you know people were people were starting to notice how good we are and I mean our, our my original crew they were infamous they were yeah everybody knew about old bivouac that's what our <laughs> crew I'm using your crew 
it was just uh, it was me, Specialist Abbott, and Specialist Cheney. Nice. And uh, Abbott, Abbott was the that he was one of the people that I was told to really watch. Abbott was he's, he's a weird guy. He's a weird. You got a he's a acquired taste. Okay. But he's, he's a good guy, and he's a, he's a really 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 good Juliet. And uh, he was one of the first people that I've ever ever met or seen to become a chief in a as a specialist. Mm. And so that was that was very inspiring. So what rank what rank is the chief position normally? If she was a specialist, which is an E four. Usually the chief is uh, E five or E six, mm. but um, they, they there can also be like. Uh, E5 in a uh, lower position if the E6 is the uh, chief. Okay. But um, I, I think that he like, I didn't even think, I, I knew there were E5s that could chief us, but Abbott just outperformed them in every way so they gave him the slot that he deserved and um, if he got E5 and he'd get E5. That's definitely somebody to emulate. Yes, most definitely. Uh-huh. Shouts out to Cheney and Abbott for uh, molding and making you the the oh, leader yeah. that you are today. Because I mean, you took that and and I'm pretty sure you doubled down and made sure that you you know didn't disappoint. Oh yeah, most definitely. I would uh, any teaching opportunity that they would offer, I would I would take it, and I definitely uh, give them their thanks and for teaching me everything I know and what to do, what not to do and what right looks like and how to stop something before it happens. So it's definitely thanks to them. Outstanding. They they gave me a solid foundation to build off of. That's awesome. And see, you know, I had the privilege of meeting both of them. I know Abbott didn't work with Abbott. I know Chaney. We've We've played on Call of Duty. And oh, I, I yeah. Have a, Abbott, Abbott's filthy, man. He's, or, uh, not, not Abbott, but Chaney's filthy. Chaney's yeah, filthy, he man. He's super sweaty. But um, I, I always hear all about the great things that he's done in his career, and, and that definitely speaks volumes because, oh, yeah. I mean, I've never worked with him. But, you know, like you said, it's a small world, especially within your MOS. and. Yeah. Knowing that the amount of things that you have to calculate and the amount of things that you have to know, manual data and, and configurations and things like that. And if he's the best in that field and he taught you, um, I definitely heard his name in rooms with people who are master gunners, you know, and, yeah, and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, hey, hats off to him. And along yeah. with, you know, a couple of the greats, you know, that I've known that are phenomenal Juliet's or Papa's, depending on that time period. They've definitely, you know, tipped their hats and say, oh, yeah, yeah. They've definitely done their part. Yeah. So how do you kind of get to cut your teeth in your MOS, so to speak? Because, you know, it sounds like you're field artillery, right? And you go to the field a lot. But how do you really get the respect within your job field? Um, I think the most respect we get is off of successful firing. I think that's that's really it, to be honest with you. Okay. Um. I mean, it, at the same time, I feel like it kind of depends. Uh, we get our, like, I feel like Julie has really get respect from mics that really know their job. What are mics? Uh, the uh, 13 mics are they, they are the rocket. The, how did I break this down? 
they're the guys that drive the rocket trucks shoot it off and we send them the data to shoot it off nice so i feel like um like it takes we need each other to shoot the rocket and um i feel like if uh 13 mike that or at least everyone that i've met that really know their job they always really you know they understand that not everything runs smooth on our end just as it does it on your end and if we can make that work together then great Mm. and if we can't uh, whatever it's training we'll work off of it build from it learn and go at go after it next time okay but what about when it's not training do you want to take do, do, do they take me through that process when it's not training oh man yeah, like that's like that's just, you deploy it, correct <laughs> i mean because that's yeah, that's yeah. got to be a whole nother ordeal versus the whole you know take a deep breath i'm i'm a chill sovereign's class and like but what about when you're about to deploy like take me through that because a lot of people have never even you know heard those words like you're you're headed out or you're on this plane you know so i want to kind of like allow them to live through your words okay well let's 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 start from the top well uh the the people i deployed with unfortunately wasn't not unfortunately let me rephrase that because i love people i deployed with i'm glad i deployed with them they were awesome but uh, I didn't deploy with Abbott and Cheney. We, uh, we ended up getting split up. It happens, you know what I mean. And ended up getting in the same same battery, different platoon. Got a whole new platoon set up. And I remember training for this deployment. Uh, our platoon sergeant, he was adamant, very adamant on training for every little aspect of this deployment. What it could be, what it couldn't be. Just preparing for the worst, hoping for the best, and going off of there. But we would train very often, and whenever things did fail, like I, like I said before, you know, we would we'd butt heads, but uh, we'd, oh, say, we'd, okay. butt heads. Yeah. <laughs> we'd say, okay, what could we do differently so whenever we do deploy, we can avoid this. And that's a paraphrase. So, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't remember saying it like that. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was said a different way. <laughs> I like your version, but I definitely wasn't involved at that point. So, no, <laughs> but uh, I feel like just that us learning, and we all like all the platoon was on the same page. Like, you know what? We want to go here, and we're gonna do whatever it takes to go here. We're gonna outperform everybody, and we did. And uh, I feel like uh, our platoon, like that, that attitude of learning off of our mistakes really mitigated uh really mitigated a lot of uh errors or anything like that whenever we actually did deploy but whenever we did have errors in in the uh in the deployment environment you know we already knew like okay we got to do this let's do this knock this out let's get all of this done as quick as we can and the the quicker we can fix this error the quicker we can fire get it done with Mm. So, so how many are you deploying with like like what what's the size of like you're deploying with that whole battery like like what do no you... well we are de- yes the whole the whole unit was deploying but um each battery each battery went to different uh countries and then each platoon went to different parts of that country they were sent to so we spread out yeah we did yeah we were all over and then um they they 
made uh, the so originally like um, we weren't uh, we were in like big platoons, big old I, I believe it was like forty people whenever we first started. Then when we split up for deployment, um, they put them into what's called LHPs, like like High Mars platoons, mm-hmm. and um, those were what 20 people maybe about 20 people I think some people is going to get mad about this but the original term is LHP for those who want to know that's light armors package or platoon and they changed it for some reason some captain or I don't know not captain probably some higher officer said you know what I want to change the phrase and say platoon minus so yeah that's what they call that now but good no. just fun fact all right lhp is better anyway yeah exactly it looks better <laughs> on my t-shirt it does but yeah they uh they split us into smaller platoons and um and then these platoons uh i guess you could say we like competed for where we want to go because I, I feel like they didn't really have an idea like where our skill sets were i mean they did but they wanted to see where would this platoon be better at for this mission and like I said, we competed for our spot and ended up getting Afghanistan. Mm, that sounds like the championship. You in the Super Bowl? It, it was. I remember the night. <laughs> I, I still talk about the night when we that uh, our LT came up and told us we 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 got Afghanistan. And everyone was cheering and we were lit. It was like we're going <laughs> to the Super Bowl, baby. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> and somewhere, and our team started pulled out cigars and <laughs> we yeah. all got in a circle. That yeah, was definitely an iconic moment. And why do you think it was so iconic? I think it was just that, you know, like I said, like, um, well, this is this is all around the army. But, you know, when people deploy, that's whenever I feel like that's whenever you can. Uh, there's no other way to say it. You can root out. <laughs> you can root out the ones that want actually want to go, and the guys are just there to be there. Hey, okay. So, but, but like. You're saying rule them out. You mean like they vet who's going to go and who's not going to go? Not necessarily. I feel like people kind of do it to themselves. Like, I mean, mm. you know, people get hurt. Okay. It's not their fault. But there's also people that get quote unquote hurt. They go speak on it. I mean, if somebody's playing hooky, you know. Exactly. <laughs> like, it, you know, it, everybody, everybody's gangster till it's time for gangster shit. There you go. Somebody and, say uh, that again. Yeah. But, uh, I feel like there wasn't that many in our platoon specifically that, or at least that I remember, besides maybe what two or three that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, we had yeah. like two. It happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, there ain't no. Yeah, there's no bad blood in it. You know, it's a it's no a love big, loss. Yeah, it's a big thing. It's a it's a huge thing and it's scary. It's a fifty percent chance, man. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, odds. but uh most of our platoon like we were all like yeah you know what let's go let's do this and we all agreed like you know we want to get we want to get the best spot there is and we want to be the one that perform this mission and let's be know. clear let's be clear we want the best worst spot you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> that was yeah. the best that's the best yeah we don't want to go to the uso we don't want an mwr trip we don't want to go through the tough mudder nah we want to we want to deploy mm. We, we, we don't want a vacation. We want to deploy. We want to do our job. That's what we've been training for. And personally, for me, I would be damned if I trained that hard to go somewhere and not use any of the training. Man, you, you definitely flew by that training like it was light. But 
I remember, you know, oh the cumulator training event, you know, 72 hour ops. I mean, staying up for three days, you know, nonstop <laughs> yeah. fire missions. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> nonstop. But yeah, that, I, I feel like it because we train so hard and like we actually like would do the training. Like we weren't BSing through it. We were giving it our all because we wanted to we wanted to go somewhere we wanted to go somewhere with the training and I feel like that's why our platoon got selected and obviously we were really good at what we were doing and we were consistent with what we were doing and so I truly feel like we were the best of the best Mm. what was your platoon uh, your platoon's name Nightmare Mm. (laughs) Nightmare uh, Mm. uh, Nightmare HP. <laughs> Second LHP. Yeah. Nightmare. We giving nightmares, man. We coming out at night. We were the moon goons, baby. Moon goons. I like that. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it was it was um I took it personal. I had a vendetta. Smiles coming off of a lot of craziness and I just came back from Syria six months before that. So I was like, yeah. I'm coming to Afghanistan, like what's up? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it was I feel like everybody had like their own little motive and all of our motives were pretty strong. Like, like you said, yours was, you know, you wanted to, a vendetta, you wanted to show people how great of an NCO you actually are and, and how great of a uh, soldier you are and how big you do your job, which we all knew that, but you know, I don't know, man. Yeah, I didn't know me. Knowledge only goes so far. Yeah, I don't know. I had to prove it. Cause I mean, new soldiers, new faces. I mean, exactly. you gotta reach yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, you had to, you know, you had to show them that you're there for a reason, and that that rank doesn't mean that you forgot everything up here. Absolutely. And uh, I guess even my motive was, like I said, I wanted to from the start. Now, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it wholeheartedly. I'm gonna go all the way through with it. And you know, not many people in the military nowadays can say that they actually deployed into a combat environment. And so, you know, I wanted to be a part of that. Yep, that is definitely true. Not yeah. many. Some may have um, did the whole. Uh, they do the whole two day fly in type thing. Mm-hmm. I don't respect that, man. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. I hurt your feelings. No. If you're listening, I guess you can stop. I don't care. But if you fly into a foreign country like where I was sitting in, and we were staying 17 people in one house, one bathroom, and a shower, yeah. and you fly in for two days to eat, chow, and leave and put a patch on, I don't yeah, respect that. Slap bro. in the face. <laughs> it really was. I remember whenever the what was it the it was the sergeant major striver that did that. I don't. I don't oh, know. Man, that I, I was mad when I found that out. <laughs> I was so pissed, man. I'm like, man, I'm taking one minute showers. And I'll wake up at 8 p.m. to go to work, and you get this? No. You get no, that same sir. thing. Like, come on, rep. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> you gotta be joking me. Come well, back with the, like, yeah, you know, I was, I was, I was. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Got war oh. stories out of the yin yang. Like, what? Yeah. All that happened in Kuwait in the pool? <laughs> like, I thought y'all had Burger King, bro. Yeah. Exactly. Got Snapchat, bro. What are you talking about? Yeah. I... Yeah, it was, so that was crazy. Big old slap in the face when they would do stuff like that. Absolutely, but whatever makes them feel good and sleep at night. Um. Yeah, <laughs> each his own. 
Yeah, it sounds like you are part of a, a legacy team, and you guys did great things. Like, so, mm-hmm. how long were you there for? Yeah, for well, I <clears throat> so I left earlier because I was a driver at the time. Nice. And so I left April third, twenty nineteen. So I left. I believe it was like a month earlier. Mm-hmm. And then uh, to get into country. And then the rest of the guys got there a month after I did. And we were there for a total. And we were in Afghanistan for a total, I believe it was seven months. Mm-hmm. Or six Some, or seven months. Yeah. And we would have right stayed longer. We would have stayed yeah, longer. We, yeah, we would have. But, and, uh, <laughs> but, what happened? <laughs> Why did it good like question. it's nine months? Like, what do you mean? You just seven months. Like, what you talking about? You know, like we said, some people just they just. Even though I feel some people, especially in the military, I feel like some people just don't simply just don't deserve to be in certain positions or certain missions. Um, they end up getting it just because they happen to know people or they know how to work the system or they're just high enough ranked to just kind of say hey they're going here and not really much you could do about it sadly <laughs> which is which kind of sucks because you know like like I said before like we were really good at our job and you know we would we were very consistent with our job too and we were really trusted by uh, the people we were with and feared by the people we were against and um you know some people just don't see the don't see that and just kind of see it as like a participation thing like well these guys have to get a chance too so right. i mean it is what it is so it sounds like this is not a hey let everybody do their thing but stick to the script and if you're gonna make this a competition or see who's the best and you know that's going to pull on certain people's morals and principles yeah stick to that and allow exactly. those people to enjoy their fruits of laboring not allow individuals to establish you know ties connections you know exactly. supplies routes and then okay you got everything set up good cool we'll, exactly we'll enjoy the <laughs> we'll enjoy everything you worked hard for <laughs> like wait what yeah, that was. I don't know. It's like, see, the, now I want to. I want to just make this clear. This is not the same leadership from when I started. <laughs> this is not the same. This is this is the leadership we're talking about. Definitely did not get rewards for hard work. If anything, you got punishments for hard work. Mm, what do you mean? Stop. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh. What punishments? That's like what you said. Like, like we got there, and you know, we. I feel like, I, like. From the bottom of my heart, I feel like even to this day, we didn't really get recognized for everything that we accomplished over there. No. And, or that a lot of people accomplished because we were the first in history to do a couple things over there. And all that, all that we really have for that is just stories that we can tell. What do you mean? If you can, I know a lot of this stuff probably is class, but Mm -hmm. what are some unclass things that you guys were kind of the first to do? If you can kind of. We'll edit out if it's something. Yeah. It, okay. Be, well, fine. there was 
there was a mission uh, we went on and we we happened to coordinate with the special forces guys there and uh, this mission involved um, leaving where we were to go shoot outside of the wire mm-hmm. and this was going to be shot this is in order to get in range of a certain target yeah. and um, that hadn't been done over there <laughs> ever um. and uh, we, we accomplished it and we did it good and we, we completed the mission and, and we succeeded just it was just it was just butter everything went smooth something went I remember one of the trucks they had an issue but yeah and we had to establish a new <laughs> we had to, TTP yeah we had to, <laughs> yeah, to fix fix and coordinate real quick but yeah that's why we do recovery drills though that's where that exactly. training kicks in exactly but I <laughs> that was like me by the way man yeah. and i had already told him before we left i said hey this is leaking this thing got spewing yeah. out this crane is spewing out i was like this is a bad idea no 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 we're gonna be good no, we're gonna be good we're just, gonna be just all exactly. right <laughs> but i feel like even even that little hiccup though we i feel like that showed that really displayed like how great of a unit we or platoon we were oh for sure even on this first mission that nobody's ever been on ever no comms especially like we rolled out the net silent (laughs) especially our unit um they haven't really like done any deployment things in years so Mm -hmm. for us to go out there for the very first time and have a mess up and fix the mess up complete the mission over the top and then head back and everybody's safe everything was good mission's done nothing went wrong i feel like that was just such that was such a cool thing to do absolutely that's what i mean like i feel like yeah and i mean uh, the every the 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 script went perfect for the record it was the equipment that we had already brought up but we just didn't have the supplies to be able to fly in the country because ladies and gentlemen this area is in a bowl. Like, you can't just fly in yeah. here. There's no commercial. There's no landing strip. Like, there's birds coming in, like, dropping out of the sky. Like, when I say bird, I mean, hel- like, helicopters or Chinooks or C-130, C-17s, whatever they can to come in and drop off mail or supplies. And if they don't do it, they get shot down. So when exactly. these planes or a couple of helicopters get taken down, um, from small on fire, they stopped flying in to country for a couple of days, and they're like, "Nah, we yeah. can't. It's too hot right now." So, exactly. we had to do what we had to do with what we had, and we made exactly. it happen in record time, and it never been done before. It was, yeah, it was. It my was heart cool. again. <laughs> All right, <laughs> me too. I just, it was just, I don't know. Just even thinking about it, it just giving me goosebumps. It was yeah. just, it was, it was such Apache like escorts a, and everything. Yeah, it was such a. I don't know. You could just be in there. It just felt like you were doing something that is just crazy. <laughs> like, mom, you're not going to believe this. I got uh, Apache over my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got Apache over my head guarding me. Right. We're in the middle. We're on this bumpy road in Afghanistan. Man, sketchy. Drop off, like, washed yeah. out what parts oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and ANA said that they cleared everything, all the landmines, right? And everything, and they didn't clear nothing. If you know anything about ANA, you know that they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. ANA guys is the Afghan army. They are trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
they're, they're, they'll they're, set you up. Yeah, they will. They're, they're not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you. You're supposed to be doing a dark, <laughs> like night out mission, complete darkness. They come out of like stand on the tower with like a spotlight. <laughs> here, here, here you go. You can see now. No, yeah. turn it off. Like, <laughs> not on MBGs. Like, oh my god. They were a different breed. That was, yeah. They're wild. Yeah, most definitely. It was it was a very historical thing that I I I personally feel like we just just completely got just thrown the short stick on the as far as like being recognized not even rewards. I don't care about the rewards, just being recognized for it. Right. Right. Just acknowledge that we yeah. did these things and the reason why you have these guidons or the streamers on your guidons. Exactly. It's because of the things that we've done and we shouldn't be put in the third row when it's come time to come home to receive our due diligence. Yes, exactly. Like it just, I don't know. It just felt like, like I said, just a, a slap in the face when, you know, I'm standing next to some dude that was in Dubai for all nine months. And, and, you know, he came back home fine. And, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little messed up. And, and you know the same award, the same exact award that someone yeah. won aboard in Dubai or or yeah. Jordan or Kuwait or the same award someone got for doing a tough mutter or just yeah. answering some questions right or cleaning the motor pool up whatever you were in and yeah eating exactly. Burger King that um and I just want to like highlight you know there is no rank set rank that you're supposed to have in order to receive an award if you've worked yep. above and beyond and, and done the things and the amount of trauma that we had to endure and experience um you are impacting theater you're impacting overall theater operations then those awards should, should follow suit but for exactly. some reason for some the reason army uh, tells the leaders to start writing your award 60 to 90 days in country like what how <laughs> we haven't done anything yet what do you yeah just go ahead and start just jot, jot down what am I jotting down? Yeah. You want some cookie cutter stuff? No. <laughs> I don't want my soldiers to know that, oh, yeah, I'm writing this stuff down ahead. Like, no, you have a purpose here. We're not even focused. I'm not even telling y'all that. You focus on the mission because I'm making sure that no mom or dad gets a folded flag in my platoon because they got to go home. And they don't exactly. need to focus on this whole, yeah, let me just. And it comes to, to light that a lot of people get in their feelings when you start to excel and they don't. So now they want to stunt your growth without giving exactly. you your proper respects because now they don't get the shine yeah that's that's what i feel like what happened to us is that you know we were we shot every day when we were in afghanistan besides the fourth of july which is so ironic right and <laughs> that was our rest <laughs> that was that was our only rest day we shot every single day i was like and, i'm trying to blow something up man yeah that was one day we we're like yeah let's go let's fourth of july man let's get a whole six pack out for sure of rockets, of oh, rockets. Of rockets. <laughs> we didn't have no near bears there, no. No near bears. That's how dry it was, y'all. No duel. Nothing. But yeah, I just you know I feel like we were just succeeding so well, and just someone just didn't get the recognition that they deserve on top, and they just had to they had to let it trickle down a little bit. But you know, it is what it is. Learning experience. Um, it just you know it makes you. For me, anyway, that was like really the point where I'm like, this is stupid. This is dumb. 
And you think because, you know, like the army not doing what they were supposed to do or not the army per se, but the unit you're in didn't give the yeah. due diligence, kind of had a deterrence and good decision. Oh, definitely. I feel like, you know, like I said, like, I don't want to I don't want it to make it come across that I'm doing it. I, I don't want a reward for doing it. Right. No, but understandable. at the same time, like if you if you know you're working and you're struggling and you're stressing and you're doing everything at the best capacity you can you know you want some kind of recognition and especially as far as like as something big as that right you don't you don't want to be one of those people that go down in history and or one of those people that don't go down in history i mean and all all you have to tell your story is yourself Mm. like there's no you don't have no medal about it you don't have no paper saying you did this or a, a picture or anything and i feel like that that really sucks as, as the, I feel like the unit really failed in, in that aspect. Like they really failed a lot of people by not recognizing what they done or what they went through or, um, yeah, you know, overseas. And I think that really, that really hurt. Not, not even just me. That even some of my friends that we deployed with, it really like shifted the way they thought about the unit. Yeah, and and then yeah. to be honest, this is a safe space, brother. It hurt me. Yeah. I'm still hurt by that. I am too, yeah. <laughs> I am Most still definitely. hurt. Just hearing you talk about it is just, you know, yeah. I'm glad that this is only on, you know, audio for now. But yeah, it, this that that really does hurt me because I really wanted yeah. the best for my young man. And I, I felt like that was a part of my failure because I should have done more to fight more and advocate more for the, the things that you guys have done because I know the hard work I put in and I had the voice to say hey y'all this is not you know I I pushed and I tried as much as I could at that time and I felt like I should have done more yeah but you know you know man the past is in stone the future doesn't exist all we can think about is the present and uh you know you can't change the past and even even I remember like at the time like our our platoon, even though we did butt heads, I, I believe our platoon our platoon was a family. Oh my god, we were a bunch of brothers. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you know, if, if one of us felt like we weren't getting what we deserved, everybody was gonna try to get that person what they deserved. Yep. And I feel like it was def- that was definitely what happened. Like I remember, I, I think at the time when we heard we were gonna get kicked out of Afghanistan, we were all button heads about something. Mm-hmm. And everybody like stopped and like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, on. wait, what? <laughs> wait a minute. We were What's talking happening? about our own internal problems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think our platoon, like all, all I think all the NCOs and everything, they really did do everything they could. Even the RLT, our our everybody, everybody worked really, really hard to get Not everybody. LT did everything, bro. I'm trying to tell you, I watched yeah, this man stress did. out every day. He had oh, his yeah. little Ranger panties on, walking <laughs> to the top, <laughs> trying as hard as he can, man. Yeah, yeah I was like, LT just chill. He got there, he grab a cot. He's like, sorry, man, give me one of them cigars. <laughs> <laughs> And I talked to him and, you know, try to use my MRT. Like, you know, sir, you're doing awesome. This is your first trip. Like, you're killing the game right now. Like, he's like, nah, you just don't. Like, I just got to try to get this right. I got this. I'm like, nah, nah, you good. Like, just just puff on that Alec Bradley. Just relax. That's a good, that's one of the good sticks. Like, yeah. And, um, no, it affected us. Like, everybody differently, for sure. Um, 
and the, the sheer fact that we didn't have internet like that, guys. Like we, no, we didn't. didn't have Wi-Fi. I mustered up some type of something and tried to relay some stuff. <laughs> tried to give people yeah. service, but it didn't work. But all the it, only Wi-Fi we got is the stuff we stole from <laughs> Talk. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure. We got a little, you know, a little something, something here and there, but yeah, it was nowhere near. Yeah, it was yeah. nowhere. It was a lot of improvising and making stuff happen. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I said, they just it just reiterates what I said, man. And just it just sucks you don't get the recognition for that. Like you know, we we didn't go there established by any means. Oh no, we went there with the equipment we left with, and that was it. If we can if we can make something work, cool. Not looks like you're gonna have to make something work. Like you're gonna have to make something, bro. You're gonna have to yeah. oh yeah clean that barn up make it a parking garage area exactly clean that up cut that down oh no you got to fly those back out so we don't got dunnage for you oh we don't have no way for you to package it mm-hmm. to figure something out and yep. you know through that instead of you know being someone that was you know hit with that adversity saying like oh man this is it like man they wants to fail and forget it like i was like no nah, 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 let's figure this out like yeah we'll, exactly. we'll 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 put something together and you know we got some great NCOs together myself sergeant king sergeant Gijaro, you know sergeant yeah. Mandaski. um we we were really in there trying to like make this thing work and we did and it ended up being a a ttp in order for you know how other units now fly you know, dunnage out of country you know exactly. after we left so it was definitely the results of us staying you know encouraged and being able to fight back a little bit and figure out how we would make this messed up place work because we were originally all in one house but we couldn't fit and yeah we had to move two three people over there and then 17 people over there it was just crazy yeah it was it was a lot of. It was a lot of. It, I, I, I can agree. At a point, it definitely felt like Jesus. Man, does man just not want us to? Do they want us to lose the mission, or, or like what? <laughs> but uh, you know, we were the, the rebel platoon. We were not. Taking, we were not taking nothing. We nope. Were taking that's nothing, why they were saying. And we were hard hits. And then, yeah. I mean, but we back, we 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 talked shit and we backed it up. Backed we it shot up. faster. No one could reload faster than we could. And if you said you could, I want you to come through that because yeah. I don't, I know that ain't happening because we yeah. got numbers and records and statistics that say how fast we can get from reload point to mm-hmm. firing point and put six down range and come back and do that again. Exactly. <laughs> we can make the whole sky light up all night long if you want mm-hmm. to. So, yeah. We, we really did our thing. We really yeah. did our thing. Most definitely. What was the funniest moment you ever had in Afghanistan? Man, I don't think there's enough time for me to tell you all the funniest moments. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot. Um, I got I to gotta call up my boy Johnson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have Johnson. To. Johnson was, he was uh, uh, in my section. It was the chief, which was Sergeant Staff Sergeant Baker. And then... Uh, Specialist at the time, specialist Diome, and at the time, specialist Johnson and myself, and uh, LT Hyatt. And specialist Johnson, at the uh, <clears throat> let me let me say, whenever he knows it too, before we got to Afghanistan, I could not stand this dude. <laughs> me and him would butt heads all the time. I could not stand Johnson, but man, I remember 
whenever he got there, man, it was like getting a puppy on Christmas. I was like, dude, thank God you're here. Thank God. <laughs> I love you. I love you. And, uh, Why is that? Just, if you know Johnson, he just, man, he's so fun to be around. He just, he's just so funny. It's just everything he does. He's just, he's so passionate about what he talks about. It's just, it's so hard not to like smile or laugh about it. And he's just, he's clumsy too. So like if he'll, he'll start talking or something, he'll knock something over. He's just, he's just a, he's just a, he's such a funny dude, but. He over think, here right now saying, stop the cat. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man, man. But, oh man, what is the Shout out Johnson. I'm getting him more here too soon. I okay, talked to yeah. him yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, man, let me think of the funniest one. There's a couple, man. There is, we had a lot of laughs in there. But I think one of the one of the favorite uh, one of my favorite uh, stories to tell about Johnson is whenever so the talk was lifted um, off the ground maybe maybe about a foot and a half maybe and every once in a while we would have to put a cable in our teeth <laughs> low crawl all the way under put the cable through and low crawl all the way back oh my god oh man <laughs> and you better hope it hadn't rained anytime close to that because if you did it was just another foot and a half of just thick clay mud oh man <laughs> and <clears throat> so I remember like I said my shift I have a vampire shift so I was I think it was like 8pm to 4am so I'd mm-hmm. be asleep the day, if the sun was out I was dead asleep <laughs> so uh, I'd see you was, pop outside sometimes I'd uh, yeah I'd pop out every now and then <laughs> I'd be like you good McGee I'm <laughs> right. yeah I was struggling all the time <laughs> but uh, one of these times uh, I think I don't remember oh no he had it but I already had to crawl under the, the uh, talk with my all my wet weather gear so it was already like the, the clay once the clay was on you it was on you forever it, there was no getting it off mm-hmm. so we just put it in the side so uh, if anybody needed to use it they would just use mine instead of everybody messing up their wet weather tops and bottoms so anyways uh it was it was one of those days where all of us needed to be up so i'm up there with diome and uh where i remember exactly what we were doing on the box and uh so johnson had to climb or had to crawl under the talk so we're in there and started hearing you could hear him coming you could hear him bumping his elbows and stuff from under the talk and uh (laughs) Diamond and I look at each other and start laughing. And uh, he gets out. He comes in. He's muddy. He's checking everything. And uh, turns out he, he brought the wrong cable. <laughs> so oh, he goes back under. And you can hear him. <laughs> bumping everything. <laughs> and, uh, and for those that don't know Johnson, he's one of those people that sweat. Sweat so much. Profusely. Pro, oh, my God. He didn't even have to be doing anything. He just... He just starts sweating for no reason. He was like, "What? I sweat? What's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What's wrong?" Uh, he he was putting that what was it a work boy? <laughs> They're baking. Yeah, he got that. He got the second cable in, and then uh, I, I, if I remember right, a mission was coming down, so we had to be on the box. And Johnson, he then he had to go on top of the talk to fix an antenna or something. And Johnson is not he's not a fan of heights. So he was—he's was already pissed off from having to climb under the top, and now he has to go on top. 
gets on top, does that. And man, we finally finished the mission. This is about an hour after he went on the top. We get in the room and we're just chilling and man Johnson was barging in, just clay mud all over him. He's dripping sweat. He he's just dusty from the wind. And he he used to do this thing where he'd shake his head but he wouldn't say anything. He'd just like kind of shake his head and smack his lips. <laughs> Johnson, what's going on, man? Man, bro, I just climbed to the top of the top. Bro, I just, I just crawled under the top, bro. Bro, I'm done, bro. Bro, I'm done, bro. I'm good, though. This is it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> bro, this... Bro, this, I'm, I'm good now, bro. I swear, This the bro. one right here. Everybody. Bro, this is it, man. It was just so funny just because... Like, Jonathan, relax. Calm down. <laughs> You'll be okay, man. Take it easy. Go hey, but why you going through it, man? You just like, look, hey, at no better time, days. Yeah. I'm out, bro. I don't want this no more. Yeah, at the time, we're like, you know, man, it's only temporary. We're, we're, we're going to be leaving here soon. Right. You got to do this ever again if you don't have to. He over here like, take the taste out of my mouth, Lord. I don't want it oh, no man. more. <laughs> but, man, Man, I could go on forever about the funny stories. They're just even I'm... him and Diam arguing because they were the exact <laughs> opposite. Yeah. So they would argue about everything under the sun, and it would just be so funny. Man. But, and you oh, see, the, and just hearing, you know, the the inflection in your voice, like the inflection, you're just so happy to just recount those moments oh, of yeah, seeing man. your friends and like the like, even though Johnson was dusty and muddy. It yeah. was a moment. Damn, that's your brother. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you know those moments that you can kind of look back on when you know things didn't entirely go right, but mm-hmm. when you know the time that you did spend there was spent with the people that you love the most. Oh, most definitely. Oh, that's what, that's why I was saying, man. I'm I'm happy with the platoon that that I went with and. You know, we really did grow as a family because <clears throat> our platoon was, I think our platoon was put together to hate each other because a lot of the platoon is completely different from the other. <laughs> the platoon is so diverse and different. Like, oh, it's yeah. just, it was just, I don't know. Like, if you were to see all of us in, in civvies standing next to each other, you'd never think we're friends or anything. Never. 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 Every race, <laughs> every type of religion, every, race, every, every religion, culture, like, laid back nerd doesn't matter. Rock star, mm-hmm. like we didn't, we had everything. <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah, and I think that, um, like I said, of course we're, we're, we're like a family, and family's buttheads, but we all were really close with each other, and you know we would always make sure each other's good, and there was never, I'm not gonna talk to this guy, screw this guy. That mm-hmm. was never said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had. I, I think we had a really strong camaraderie. Absolutely, and McKee, yeah. I think you went with me to uh, when we were leaving out of the country to go to Dubai when they were finally rotating. Oh us yeah, out. man! I think oh, we uh, were me, Kaboom. you, Diaz. Yeah, our Darden too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was a, that was another thing too. That was <laughs> oh man, that was a good time too. I don't even know where it was. Uh, Kabul. Kabul, Kabul. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were, oh man, that was a good time. I, oh. At the time, like, okay, <clears throat> at the time, I was ready to get out of Afghanistan. Oh, I know, I remember. I was so done. I was so tired. I'm like, bro, I'm, this is not normal. I should not be sleeping in the daytime and being up at 
being wide awake at 3 a.m., working out at 6 a.m., going to bed at 7 a.m., and and just and the let me tell whoever's listening, the food in Afghanistan was garbage, garbage. And like like you said, I'm a resilient person. I really am. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty. I mean, maybe maybe now I'm a lot more patient than I was, but I'm pretty like you know shit happens whatever but one thing you don't play with is my food I love food and man I remember it, at least when we first got there it was MREs every meal and for lunch they would have cold cuts that they lay out and for those that don't know about Afghanistan the flies in Afghanistan are thicker than the oxygen in America <laughs> <laughs> They so, don't move. You can swat if you want. Oh my god! They like, are fearless. <laughs> they are fearless. And uh, so every time that there was food out, you just had to accept the fact that there was definitely flies on it at one point or another. Oh yeah, for sure. You gotta be like, hey, you taking your malaria pills, right? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for lunch, all we would have was those. They'd lay out like um a couple tins of, of cold cuts. And some cheese, mm. and they only have like what, like three loaves of bread for the whole <laughs> for the whole camp. I'm like, really? We oh my god! It's gone. It's gone. If you don't wake oh up, it's gone. It's gone. And uh, so, for lunch every time, or well, I guess it would be my dinner. Uh, I'd have to go in there, and I'd get there, no bread. I'm like, ah, damn. So I'd get some tuna, <laughs> slice of white cheese, and roll it up. Man, go to bed. Like, that's this is for the birds. I don't want to do this shit no more. <laughs> but you see, like you were willing to sacrifice food because the mission was more important. Exactly, like, you wanted yeah. to still be there because the mission, and like, but the food, like how you how you still put shells in the eggs and burn it. Like how you do exactly. that? Oh, <laughs> it was the food was just so bad. It was so bad. Like you got burn marks on the white egg, like eggshell oh in here. God. Like I'm looking at the. It egg would shell. just defy physics. They burn like, water. Bro. Thought it's coming back. Like y'all really mixing it up now. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, oh my god, I just at the time whenever they came and told me like, hey, uh, you're leaving Afghanistan. You're gonna go to Kabul with Sarmani Darden. Then I'm like, oh, give me my stuff. Let's go. Let's go right now. And I made sure we had fun in route. Oh you know? no, we definitely did. We had a blast. We like. Man, I, I think about I think about our escapades over there all the time. <laughs> and it was just it was just so fun. It was, we found a hookah lounge. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Oh, we stopped by Kandahar first. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. We I don't know how I forget Kandahar. about it. Yeah, we stopped in Kandahar. Oh yeah. And Had his big pizza. Oh oh I forgot about the I stopped the picture on my phone. Dude, that pizza is like I've never seen a pizza that big. Oh my god! It, just even at the time because. You gotta remember, we didn't have nothing, nothing <laughs> like that for months. That thing tore my stomach up. <laughs> oh my, uh, yeah, it did me too. It was but, man. I remember we got there. The first thing we got was pizza. First thing, <laughs> that and the drink. I was like, oh my god. Oh my gosh, it was <sighs> heavenly. I'm like slinging my weapon, like <laughs> tearing it up. Food. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and we had like I mean we were staying like a little bay for then like and um you know again goes back to being a good leader like this was only 
a package deal because mind you where we were in Afghanistan was so remote that large amounts of people can't come in and out so it's four of us we leave from this remote location to Kandahar I gotta make sure we can coordinate to get us a flight to you know such and such place because (laughs) there is no hey going to the airport you gotta go talk to this person hopefully walk across this field and talk to this liaison that can get you on Mind you, from a different country. Yeah, mind you, from a different country. Totally. Just, just talk, talk to the Brits. Like, they're cool. Just, oh, mm-hmm. oh, go talk to the French. I forgot who else I had to go The speak. Aussies, man. The Aussies, yeah. They're That's when I had to go talk to the Aussies. Yeah. And we walk right through the metal detectors with our guns. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. Dude. I think that was bull all the time. And do you remember all the bullets we dodged? Oh, my gosh. Man, those were so scary. Scary. Kandahar, the day after we left Kandahar, Boom. The launch, and we were just talking about going to use the laundry if we had to stay one more day, and mm-hmm. we just happened to get lucky getting a flight out. The next day, we um, after we left Kandahar, the laundromat got hit with the uh, IDF. Um, IDF. Mm-hmm. And Slid it right blew it up. All blew it up. the whole thing. Both of the units. Boom. Exactly, yeah. Just missed it. We were staying right there, y'all. Like, yeah. Yo. That was crazy. And then, it, what was it, like two two or three days after we left Kabul, Na- the NATO base got attacked. Yep, people were, like, hanging on the plane, flying out of country. Yeah. If anybody crazy. who's seen that, we were like, yo, we just was there. And it was, like, like if, <laughs> Kabul was scarier because that one was easy, easy oh, to yeah. miss a flight. Because, listen, I literally thought about saying you know what y'all let's just chill i'll just talk to the aussies in the morning exactly and because we were just staying at like a a nato base like we didn't have an actual unit they were letting us use it the romanians were letting us use their barracks it was stinking there remember like it was so many different people it was like a hostel yeah for straight straight up that's exactly what it was it was just like a hostel just random nato guys you got like Kiwis, you got the Aussies over there, you got like this guy, like different people from all nations in military. And I'm like winging it, like, hey, you know what? Let's try to get on today. Yeah, and if exactly. we didn't get our bags, remember, because our bags almost didn't, we had to put them all. Oh, you're there. right. You're yeah, right. we yeah. almost didn't get it because I was like, yo, this is going to be rough. Like, we got to load all of everything we brought from Afghanistan with us, oh. gear. I forgot about we had to ruck it, dude. Ruck and all that, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, it was like a hundred pounds of gear each. <laughs> yes, oh, it's crazy. It so That's why we were sweating. I was like, "Yo, I'm so glad we were in great shape because we all had four or five bags of peace and our equipment and weapons. Oh my god, live yeah. weapons, y'all. Like, oh. this, like, dang, this tunstens in here. Yeah, that was that was craziness. Yeah. And, and by the skin of our teeth, you know, by the will. And we made it and we went to Dubai. Dubai. And man oh man. Wrapped it all up in a bowl mm-hmm. straight up and came back from the operation inherent resolve and Spartan Shield. We we did like four operations in one time period in that seven mm-hmm. months of Afghanistan. We were supporting so many operations that first cavalry uh, commander at the time, General Brown, decided to grace us and give us due diligence for our combat action badges. Mm-hmm. Even then, so when our unit didn't want to, and if 
Yeah, they were fighting against the general. Never heard that. The reward. Never heard, and it's not even so much as a reward. It's like, hey, we were getting shot at. We would turn. We were yeah, in this was... combat situation, and then this happened, and this happened, and this happened. You don't want to give me credit because you were somewhere chilling in a, in a Mediterranean, relaxing. But exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, so sorry for you, but you know you at least have to again give credit where credit's due or acknowledge. And exactly. I want to say General Brown was, you know, able to do that. He was man enough to say, you know what, you're under my coverage. You're under our coverage. We were there. We understood what was happening. And you helped support the whole entire theater of Tax South. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I do have a lot of respect for General Brown. He even came to visit us, too. I remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was really cool of him. Definitely says a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how soon after deployment did you um, get out of the military? So, we got back. Oh, man, we got back on what was it? December 31st. Yeah, we got back on right before. No, we got back on New Year's, didn't we? Yeah, New Year's. Yeah, so I got out a year. Yeah, the year after that. I just, you know, I'd, I'd have to know. And then just. You know, whenever we got back, it just, you know, it just got a lot harder just to want to be in anymore. And mind you, this is a pandemic. Yeah. We, we come back to that. Yeah, we came back right at the start of the pandemic, too. That's right. <laughs> came back and then that, you know, looking back now, it was it was a lot harder uh, coming back from overseas and you know you're you're alone you have to be alone in in your barracks room and you know thank god for video games but it was really rough you know you're being alone after something like that you can't go home you can't go anywhere in the barracks yeah but in the bear like because you can't live off of like you're you're single so you're living in the barracks by yourself and it's a pandemic it's just like you know, hot sauce 19 because I don't want to get demonetized. I just got monetized. Yeah. So, but the hot sauce 19 comes out and like mm-hmm. everything shut down. Like you, you're dealing with the, you know, the trauma of everything that's happened, everything that you're not being acknowledged for, and mm-hmm. you're left alone to your own thoughts. Exactly. <sighs> well, I think that was the scariest time. Like, not, not the scariest time, but you know, uh, it was it was like looking back at it now like at the time like it was just kind of it was that military mindset just to suck it up deal with it push forward but you know it really did have a lot of effect on me because you know a lot of people don't really talk about like um what it's like it, it, you know the military is hard for everybody i'm not saying i'm not taking it away from everybody but you know you don't really see a lot of stuff of like what it's like being a bear a single barrack soldier no, not at and all. Not just, at all. I remember the day that uh, we got back, and uh, you know we're getting that welcome party off of the in Fort Bragg. We landed, getting that little welcome party. There's a couple of vets saluting us, people clapping, and then we go to our family, and you know everybody got a family. They get out, go hug their family, and you know all of us barracks guys were just on the bus, just looking at them like, and it was just. I don't know. I, I remember it, it really. I was very happy to be home. I, I really was, but you know, it's just it just really hit hard. 
realizing like you know your family's not here waiting for you you know it's just just a different feeling I guess yeah and to come home and you know the barracks uh, of course of course our unit didn't order our stuff on time so we never got to our like uh <clears throat> before we deployed mm-hmm. uh we would uh, the unit had organized where they'd store our, all of our stuff in our barracks rooms uh, so they could open them up because they I think they planned they were supposed to remodel them or something I don't know what the deal was refurbishing okay refurbish yeah hmm. but uh, so they, they stored all of our stuff for us like all of our TVs and everything and then whenever we got back the plan was that we get into a new barracks building while they refurbished that and so the plan was is that you get your you before you leave they tell you okay you're going to be in this barracks room uh and then all your stuff will be in there ready for you to unpack and of course that didn't happen so i remember we got back to the barracks or we got back to i'm sorry we got back to the battery did a little bit of unloading of just all of our stuff and then you go to your barracks room and I remember, oh my god, it pissed me off. I remember I got in the room and the floor was like dusty and and there wasn't any sheets on the on the bed and uh, it was just like why <laughs> like wow this is what I came home to like what the hell like, that's ridiculous. And I remember uh, all there was all there was in there was a bottle of water like they had they they, they gave us little goodie bags but it was a bottle of water a rice krispie treat. And like a granola bar. Nine, <laughs> like, nine months. Not much good. Like, Congrats. <laughs> I remember I was sitting down like, dude, I'm done with this. I'm not doing this. Congrats, bro. Again. Yeah. Like, all right, welcome back. Here you go. And yeah. Wow. It was rough. And and you know, that's the real challenge of, you know, being uh, you know, a true, you know, hero. And I want to highlight, I hear you saying it, you know, you said it twice throughout the conversation. You said, you know, not that I wanted a reward or, you know, no, you don't have to put a disclaimer on that. You did what you were supposed to do and above and beyond, because guess what? Had you done something bad, they would go out of their way to punish. They would go above and beyond to make an example out of you. Exactly. So I find it funny how when you do good well you want to be rewarded for what you did but if i make a mistake then it's the end of my career exactly yeah that's that was that was very tough in it too like i made that a point too like um whenever i my voice would be heard like in command or like not not like I'm not talking about like NCOs, but I mean like if I did ever get the opportunity to talk to like the lieutenant colonel or like the sergeant major or something, or if we had like a what were they called sensing sessions where we would talk about what the unit can do better, I would always tell them I don't want to feel like I'm being punished for doing good. Mm. And the unit that we uh, the unit leadership that we had at that time, they were very like you said. Uh, if you messed up, that's when hell would come down on you. And everything was, and if their excuse to that was, well, that's just the standard. That's what the standard is. But when, as far as rewards, that's when the standards just kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, for me anyway, it felt like that told me a lot about the unit. And 
a lot about what the leadership uh, thought about a certain thing. And that was the deterrence to get out of the United States. Oh, definitely, yeah. It was just, you know, it was not only that. Like, I mean, it was just that. And there was a couple other things. They just, you know, after a while, they just pile on top of each other. And they're just coming to a point where, like, you know what? What am I doing this for anymore? Like, you know, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I, uh, I did what a lot of people can't, didn't do or haven't done. Um, and, you know, like, I, I completed, I came back. And so what, where, where do I see myself going from here? Do I see myself furthering my career in the military or should I get out and pursue something else? And for me, I felt like me staying in was was screwing my health up, like just my mental health. Like I was just, you know, I was consistently stressed out. I was, I was just, I felt like I was frustrated all the time. And you know, it just, you just feel hopeless after a while. And did you try seeking out any type of services or anything that the military has to offer? I did, yes. Uh, like I said, like uh, whenever I get, came back. Um, I had, this is when I learned I had PTSD is whenever, um, I actually learned it in Dubai because I was in Darden and Browning's room. And one, one morning I woke up and I'm like, McGee, are you okay? Like, yeah, are you okay? Well, you were screaming in your sleep last night. I was like, what? Why didn't nobody wake me up? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I like, at that time, I kind of like, a, I like had like a, kind of like a little bit of an eye opener. I was like, oh, that's, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. And then I remember whenever uh, my buddy Diaz, he would always, he'd always wake me up for chow because we had midnight chow in Dubai. And uh, I remember one day I was I was sleeping on my back and he tapped me on the stomach and it scared me. And I grabbed him by his shirt and I drew my fist back. And I felt like, I'm like, dude, what the fuck am I doing? Mm-hmm. And like that, that's when I really noticed like it was, it was it was getting like it was there yeah and, and you know we uh, try to normalize that too but and, and we don't deal with it because we have so many of us that deal with the same issue exactly yeah. <laughs> and, like my know, family knows not to touch me a certain way when i'm sleeping because of stuff exactly like that. Yeah. yeah and it just you know like and even like my upbringing like i like like i was never really taught about how to deal with being alone and I think I'll, I'll get to that later about, about how the army taught me about being alone but uh, just like being alone and depression and you know mental stuff like that I wasn't really taught that like you know I grew up be a man don't cry stuff like that yeah so that was already in my head and then like you said you know, it's normal in the military to have that, especially coming back from it. And so if you see it all the time, you don't really see it as an issue. So uh, I remember it got back to the, we, when we finally got back and it was just, I just couldn't sleep anymore. Like I just, I get to work off of two hours of sleep and just, it was visible. Like you could tell and uh, it got to the point where it was my new chief, Sergeant Outlaw. And she noticed, and she's like, McGee, you need to, have you tried looking into Haver Health? And I was like, I'm not gonna go to that. They're just gonna, they're just gonna send me to the sixth floor. 
six four. That six four is that. Uh, that's where they send people that like uh, want to commit suicide or want to kill somebody. And uh, for a lot, like it's rumored, like that's how they get you kicked out. You go wow. there and then. So you uh, had fearing that, like, if you were to reach out at the time, that you would be punished. Like um, your career would suffer, basically, not yes, punished, but yes, your yes. career, you wouldn't be able to go as far as far as you would want to. Most definitely, yeah. Okay. Like I felt like, you know, like I felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sleeping, and you know, I'm, I'm really depressed, but I'm not gonna go to them because that, that's gonna give them a reason to say, you know what, this guy's another statistic. Mm. Put him in on sixth floor, get him out of here. And I, I was just terrified of that because I. I'll be damned if I'm gonna go out that way. There you go. Okay. And uh, you know, she finally talked me into it, and I finally started seeking their quote-unquote therapy. When all they do is all they do is really hand you meds, tell you get on your way. Uh. But I mean, it was still something, you know. It's still the first step. So yeah, it was. That was mine with my experience with the uh, resources. So it seems that like there was so many steps that um, they could have done to kind of deep dive into what the actual root problem was. And sounds that you had, you know, the right NCO to have in your corner to point you in the correct place that is designed to treat and help rehabilitate soldiers, especially combat soldiers. And, you know, we have what's called the, the SRP, you know, reverse SRP. You yeah. know, soldiers, you know, you know, getting, you know, back in process to the States, you know what I mean? So, yeah, this is when they were supposed to initially catch that and start the evaluation. And, um, it took, you know, for me personally, because I have been on that whole journey with, you know, therapy and talking and, and then the first therapist you might see might not be right for you you know exactly. I had to have someone who resonate with me someone who remind me of my auntie you know like because mm-hmm. it was easier to to have someone that look like you that you can associate with that you can be more comfortable with to exactly. to, to divulge and be honestly heard and I think that's the biggest problem not being heard and just mm-hmm. like you said they want to just give you a prescription so now I'm your dealer Exactly. You go pick that up from the pharmacy in 15 minutes. That doesn't yeah. make the problem go away. It, it, it may. It, okay, to be uh, let me tell you, to this year I have had my first therapist, my very first therapist. All the ones in the military are uh, psychiatrists. Okay. So all they really do, like I said, they just, you know, here, what's your problem? Okay, this pill should fix it. If not, I'll give you this other pill. And you know, I remember. There was a point where I was taking like I was taking like five pills every day, and I was like, "Dude, what is this? Like, this one lowers my blood pressure. This one, if I stop taking it now, would be more depressed." And you know, it just it it was rough, I and mean, it wasn't like you said, like the first therapist. It wasn't that wasn't my therapist. That wasn't no, or my first psychiatrist. That wasn't the one for me. And I went to another one. That one wasn't for me another one that one wasn't for me and it was just you know it just it's something that could have easily been been worked on from the beginning all they had to do was just have somebody sit there and talk to you and instead of just passing you a pill bottle 
Right. And what age are they giving you these pills rapidly after this event and all this stuff? What age are you? Oh, I wasn't even enough old enough to drink yet. <laughs> Whoa. Like, come 20. on, you're 20? I'm and 20 this is... taking all these pills, and I'm like, dude, like, I can tell they're making a difference. Like, I'm not, I don't feel like myself. Like, I, I... Like, not in a good way. You're just making a horrible difference. Yeah, like, I, I remember, I don't remember what, I don't remember when this was. It was, like, at the at the first time they started handing me pills, I'm like, you know what, whatever's going to cure this, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. But after a while, you know, you just stop feeling, and, you know... Sometimes not feeling anything at all is worse than feeling horrible. And, uh, yeah, I was just... Yeah, I, I definitely believe the military needs to change the way that they deal with PTSD and stuff like that because just handing somebody pills, that's just... That's an easy way to lead to suicide, in my in my honest opinion. No, and, and, and I concur. Um, as someone who advocates for that, and I'm, you know... I am an assist, which is, you know, Army Suicide Intervention uh, personnel. And I kind of, you know, go in and have conversations with several people, you know, that I come in contact with. You know, sometimes they don't give names, sometimes they do. But the important part is understanding that we are all linked to the same source of issues that is the fact that we go to these places and we trust these individuals who are putting these positions to you know give us a diagnosis one because i I hope that you diagnose me correctly and you know hope if we cross that and you got the right thing there okay now we can have another course of action so i can see a psychiatrist to give me these medications that i should start off on a slower dose to work me into my system but mind you you're still an active duty soldier so yeah you're still doing pts 0639 you're not getting away from that Exactly. First sergeant don't care about those little problems. I mean, it's cool. He got his numbers, though. You better not be late for PT. Exactly. Yeah, I think that was that was another thing. I think that was that's what started uh, making me go into therapies because I was starting to get in trouble because I was late for PT. Mm. But the reason was because I couldn't sleep. Like I just like it, it's not my like a, I wasn't staying up or anything like that. I was right. Uh, like I, I'd have I'd have these crazy nightmares and stuff like that and. Oh no, I I understand. And it just, you know, it just got so bad. And luckily for certain, he was willing to, he was willing to listen to me a little bit before he tried to punish me, which was luckily for me. Yeah, let's. You're one of the lucky ones in multiple aspects. Yeah, one of the. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, lucky in fact that you got heard. Lucky in in aspect that you. You found another calling outside of the military, outside of the uniform, and finally that you have life and that you didn't, you know, allow these medications at that time to get the best of you and you were able to find your true self throughout that process. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of veterans today um, still struggle with that and are still trying to figure out a proper way to cope and deal with the medications that now they are dependent on because they've been taking them for so long. Exactly. And, you know, if they stop, then they got to find other alternatives or, you know, and I really think that through group therapy and just being able to be heard, allowing yourself to, you know, bring that out, that 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 has to be put somewhere. That energy that, that sits there on your head that doesn't allow you to sleep and you stay up has to get put somewhere. Um, and talking about it and being able to properly digest and what happened and 
in increments because it's not every day away. So this was happening. Blah. Tell that lady or man whatever happened. It's gonna take time to trust that individual because we don't trust. <laughs> Obviously, we've been in situations yeah. where we don't trust. <laughs> you get screwed over and blown up enough, somebody you probably won't trust them or any exactly. of these types of situations. And when the military does things like this and they do the treatment the way they do or you can't go to therapy without getting clearance from this leader that maybe if they want to let you go if they're having a good day they can't say yeah it's mm-hmm. like now the military made it where if you can if you have something that you want to go for mental health you go you, you exactly. absolutely you go yeah. right now and that is a, a misconception you can do that you can go ahead and go and if you're a leader or your first line hey what you, what's going on where you at Say I'm screw at, I'm here. Say screw them. That's the uh, <laughs> Hey, hey Sergeant, you know, with tact, if you want to still, you know, with tact, because, you know, you're still yeah, you're yeah. still within the circle now. You don't screw yourself over now. Yeah, you're still within but, that circle. Hey, Sergeant. Hey, you know, sir, whatever the case may be. I'm at blah, 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 mental health. I'm at BH. I'm at MH. Whatever it is. Real yeah. quick, send a text and, cl- and shut your phone off. Because now you're yeah. CYA covering your ass. So if they try anything and say, oh, you weren't there, I called. No, you didn't. I was there, and the lady right here saw the text message, and oh, yeah. I got you a re-receipt. You seen it. I got the iPhone. We good. Mm-hmm. So, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I will say this. The behavior help will cover for you 100%. If you, okay. If you're, if you're uh, I'm not saying, like, if you're shaman. If right, you're shaman, right, right, right. If you're right. shaman, they're going to be honest. But, like, if... If I go there, I check into the appointment, and they say, uh, "Has any of your leadership gave you a hard time about you coming here?" And if you tell them yes, they're going to call them right up and tell them to, or they're going to call who they need to call to tell right. that person to go pound sand. That's what I'm talking about. So they they are very like if if you're there, you you can be there, and it's nobody else's business why you need to be there. It's your business and your business only. Nice. So I will say that they are, they are very uh, they are very passionate about your um, you're here for you. You're not here for nobody else. I'm glad to at least know that. So for you that you were able to do that, and you now are getting at least you know a little bit of you know a step in the right direction. It sounds like you're you know yeah, out most, and you're thriving. Most definitely, like like you said, like it's a it's it's a long process like even it's been a couple years ever since i got back and you know it's it's i'm still struggling in my own ways like there's certain things that i'm having trouble adapting to and yeah but it's like you said it's just that's just how it is and it's as long as you're improving off of that and you know what you can do better or what you can work on and learn yourself you'll be okay learn yourself know yourself be aware exactly have that Mm self-awareness okay learn yourself most most importantly absolutely become your own best friend Mm. there you go that's that's i think that's what what the army taught me but like i said i I can i can dive into that alone part I know you got a lot of knowledge to drop because you under 21 years old have already faced so much adversities, been deployed, 
came back <laughs> people haven't even done that they have, they're still in college you know what I mean they aren't even the frontal lobe hasn't even fully developed yet and you've already taken trauma so I'm glad that you were able to still throughout all of that see who you truly are yeah. and, and, and go to school correct Mm-hmm. Yeah, I graduated when it was in April. And graduated. And, yeah. I, and I, I saw that. I was like, yo, bro, congrats. Like, and and look you. at that, you know. And it's just so great to see that because now it's full circle. Now you see it's worth it. You know, you were able to go and get that degree to attain that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never, yeah, to anybody listening, never let your trauma define you. It's, it's what happened to you doesn't make you a bad person. Uh, it just makes an experience and, and it's a learning experience like everything is a learning experience in life. Um, you can either build off of it or let it kill you and and if you want to go out that way it's your decision but don't don't let your trauma define you though don't let it and, and, and that goes for me first and I appreciate that and I every day I'm striving to ensure that I am not defined by the trauma, that I am, you know, I call it double survivor's remorse, you know, mm-hmm. making it out of the hood as well as losing so many loved ones along the way. It, mm-hmm. It's it's rough, you know, um, and now you're just leaving something that was my passion. It, it's, oh man, you know, and I'm dealing with that, but this is my way. And like I said, anybody who listens to this podcast or your story, your testimony, your triumphs, man, they will be blessed abundantly because they are going to be wiser knowing that someone else out there has been through some things that they went through and maybe we can avoid them from making the same mistakes, you know? Oh, yeah. I'd love to. And just anybody can take whatever I learned and hopefully hopefully my words of my my experiences have reached you before you've had to cross that bridge and that way you have a little bit more knowledge of what's on the other side absolutely and mcgee what is one of the one big tip if you were to give the listeners one big thing about you know after you like the transition and process of the you know disability evaluation system what's one big tip would you give to the listeners like i said earlier be your own best friend because you know um i know everybody always says it whenever you're getting out that uh nothing's gonna be the same when you get back and uh i would say it's 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 true and it's not true your house is still gonna be there your family's still gonna be there but you won't be there your your mind isn't gonna be where you left it your mind is still gonna be in the military you're always gonna be in the military in your mind and it's just it it's it's hard to explain until you're out like um you know people just they're just not going to understand you it's it's just that simple people aren't going to understand what it's like signing your will at 18 years old people aren't going to understand what it's like uh waking up to mortars hitting you but they're not going to know what it's like you know getting shot at or not know what it's like being uh um, what alone in a country you've never been at surrounded by people trying to kill you for a bunch of months 
<laughs> months on end. Like just exactly. Straight, just it's every just, day, wake up. Let's get to it. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's that's what brings me to like become your own best friend because I think getting out it, it, it's very lonely. It is like you can you can. There's a difference between being alone and feeling alone, and I think getting out. And from what I've seen from most people is that it, it, you feel very alone getting out. And, um, you know, if you don't know yourself, it's going to be that much harder just to overcome a lot of these, a lot of challenges and a lot of like things you face. And, um, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, I, I feel like the army taught me how to be alone. Because a, a, a lot of people can't like just sit alone with themselves and really, you know, take yourself in, know who you are, know what your ticks are, what uh, what you like. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So it's yeah. I, I would definitely say uh, above everything, become your own best friend because. If everything, if if something happens to everybody in your life, everybody disappears, you will always have yourself. And so, yes, that's true. Yeah, motivate yourself, and you know, and yeah, it's okay to tear yourself down every now and then. If if you know you did something wrong, you know, discipline yourself. That was stupid. That was (laughs) dumb. That wasn't the right thing to do. Next time, I'll do this. You know. Put yourself on your own good path. That's that's the best way I can do it. And that way, uh, like I said, you can always go out and make friends. You can always find the right friends. But it, that doesn't happen instantly. And, then, and that takes time. And it takes a lot of failures and a lot of rejection. But you will always have yourself. And you will always wake up with yourself. You will always go to bed with yourself. So you might as well make it your best friend. Man, you said some profound things today, and I'm so glad, McGee, that I had you and on the podcast and took the time out of your busy schedule. And I, I just want to say I just appreciate you for allowing me to have this platform so that we can reach other young men for the next generation to be inspired together, bro. I really oh, thank yeah. you for that. Anytime, man. Thank you for having me. I, I loved it. Most definitely. And Anytime you need somebody, give me a call. I'll, I'll be on here. Oh, for sure. And um, next time we do this, I'm going to be in Cali. I'm coming out to Cali because last time I was in Temecula, I didn't get to link with you. But uh, it's all right. I'm coming back. I'm coming now. in a couple months, man. Let me know. All right, for real, because I'm going to be there. I'm not going to give the quiet, you know, it's opposite. <laughs> but I'll okay. be there soon, brother. I will be All there right. soon. All right, yeah, yeah. All right, and let me know. Again, <laughs> again, McGee, love you. Man, you're my brother for life. Listeners, Always. today, this brother dropped some jewels, shared his life experiences, his triumphs. I'm thrilled to have you as my brother for life. I wish you nothing but the best. <laughs> and Till next time on Each One Teach One, peace. Peace. Essex McGee poured his heart out today. He left nothing on the table, and I commend him for being the true soldier and man that he is today.
He spoke on so many points that so many young men and women go without notice. He speaks on mental health, talks about how not being defined by his trauma and just goes on and on in and reiterating how important it is to know yourself, being able to find yourself throughout his military journey. Essex, I just really want to drive home the point. You said something that really touched my heart. There's a difference between being alone and feeling alone. If you have a veteran, friend, or spouse that have served in the military, please don't feel just because they're a strong person, you don't have to check on them. Tough times really affects the veteran to the highest extent. They really want the best for themselves and the people around them. Understand that they've been through a lot. McGee's been through more things by the age of 20 than the average human being has experienced by the age of 65. I can't drive home enough how important I'm glad that he was able to be on this podcast and shed light. He was able to succeed, transition out of the military, and get a degree. How amazing does that feel? To hold your head up high and acknowledge, yes, I didn't get things that were due to me properly, but I did, however, learn. Never quit. Never quit. So those veterans may be facing any rough times or substance abuse, behavioral health problems or medication management, PTSD, trauma, whatever, you name it. There's plenty of help that can be done in this situation. Start somewhere by contacting your local VA medical center or maybe contact just an offline supervisor and let them know that you're having problems. You can get in touch with the VA Medical Center at 877-222-8387. Again, 877-222-8387. And for those battle buddies that have hearing loss issues, that have served in countless deployments, that have heard a lot of booms, you can contact this number for hearing loss as well. 800-877-8387. Again, I hope this segment has touched someone out there. Please reach out and check on your loved ones that have served. And as always, stay inspired.